Well, hello and welcome to Binge Watch, the podcast where we take a look at the hottest new TV and film releases on streaming television platforms. I'm Hannah Fernando, the group editor of Woman and Woman and Home magazine. And I'm Ian McEwan, writer on TV and Satellite Week, TV Times and Watch on TV magazines. And today we're looking at the new releases for the week starting Friday the 1st of September 2023, including the reboot of classic 1980s Japanese game show Takeshi's Castle on Prime Video and the return of Rose Matafeo's Starstruck on BBC iPlayer. We'll also be checking out the Tower 2 Death Message on ITVX and Series 2 of fantasy drama The Wheel of Time on Amazon Prime. But first, Ian, what is in the news? In an as-yet-untitled six-part Netflix documentary, which will air next summer, cameras will follow a range of elite sprinters from the USA, Jamaica, the UK, Italy, Ivory Coast and Kenya. Uh, rather topical as we just had the fantastic World Athletics Championships. What else is in the news, Hannah? Well, set after the conflict between Godzilla and the Titans, Apple TV Plus drama Monarch Legacy of Monsters will star Kurt Russell and his son Wyatt as the older and younger versions of an army officer investigating a mysterious organisation. Well, Hannah, September has arrived and traditionally... September is when good telly starts again, isn't it? So we've got a good selection of things this week. We're going to start with a fantasy series returning to Prime Video. It's The Wheel of Time. And here's a clip. Protecting Rand, guiding him, that is the only thing that matters. You can't control him. You know you have something inside you. Something that calls for blood. I want to know how to control it. The last battle's coming. So this is available from Friday, season two, eight episodes. I didn't watch all of season one, and I tried to pick up the threads by watching episode one of season two, and I was utterly confused. <laughs> so I tried to do a lot of catching up, those who have been watching it. It's kind of like, I guess it's Prime Video's answer to Game of Thrones, you could say. And it stars Rosamund Pike. I'm a big fan of hers. Rather, I would say, slightly unusual thing for her to be in. Sometimes she looks a little bit uncomfortable in it. She plays Moraine, who is a member of a female order. And in this fantasy world, these females have special powers that are kind of related to the elements, if you like. They kind of conjure the elements. And we see some of them kind of in training. In season one, to cut a long story short, it was prophesied that the dragon would be reborn, the dragon being a person, a figure from history, who would save or destroy the world. So the search was on to find this was going to be a man because men used to have these powers, but then they lost them. The dragon was found. There was a big battle at the end. But that wasn't the end, of course, because we're back. It's a bit of a funny one, really. I mean, it looks great. Prime Video spent a lot of money on this. So it looks really good. The sets are incredible. And I am a big fan of Rosamund Pike. She seems to take quite a lot of baths in this, I've noticed. <laughs> but some of the dialogue is rather sort of vague and portentous. And it kind of sounds like very generic sort of fantasy series stuff about, oh, there will be another great war and... 
oh, the dark one will destroy the world, etc., etc. But I'm sure it was very popular, however, having said that. And I'm sure if I had watched all of the first series, well, for one thing, I'd understand what the hell was going on and I'd be a lot more invested in it. But certainly, if you do like fantasy series such as Game of Thrones, I would say this is worth a look but i don't think it's kind of up there in the sort of first rank i don't know what you thought hannah i mean game of thrones i mean i can see how brilliant that was even though i wasn't a huge huge fan which i know sounds awful because so many people were but i just felt i struggled to watch it just because of the kind of violence and <laughs> the rape scenes and just things like that which is all too much sometimes um but i could see how brilliant it was um and this, I do sometimes I think when, as you say, Prime Media have put a lot of money behind this and it kind of should be better, I think, is probably where I'd come from. It's, it's one of those things that I don't know if you, should, if you should really try and emulate something else that's so great and therefore we, we draw a direct comparison like we are now. And I think that's probably the problem. I wonder if we saw this in isolation, whether we'd feel quite the same about it. I just don't think it hits the mark all the time. Despite the money thrown at it, despite sort of the um the vibe that it should be very good i just it just doesn't quite it just doesn't quite do it it's not one of those ones that you, i think we'll be talking about in five six seven ten years time like we would game of thrones well something completely different now arriving on prime video on wednesday the 30th of august so it's been available for a couple of days it's the return of the game show takeshi's castle and here's a clip Take a look at your phone, log the date and time, because this is one day you'll never forget for the rest of your life. The return of Takeshi's Castle. I'm Tom Davis, I'm eager, I'm keen, and my nipples are like diamonds. Uh, yeah, I'm Robert Schwang and Nathan, and I'm not nearly as excited as Tom, but I am glad to see a show back where enthusiasm is rewarded with pain and humiliation. Yes, um, Ramesh and Tom take Takeshi's Castle. Now, I... <laughs> I didn't actually watch this in the 90s, but this was, it was a Japanese game show um, and it was a massive hit in the 90s. Um, it's just, and the thing is, I was down like a rabbit hole because once I sort of realised what this was, I sort of just kept watching and watching and watching and it weirdly entrancing, I would say, because it's utterly crazy. It's this sort of impenetrable castle, which have um, sort of um, blow up, um, I suppose bouncy castles, but kind of big inflatables and there's water under them. And they're going to, I mean, it's just so difficult to possibly get into this castle. The, the physical challenge of it all is just, is, is obscene. Um, but it, for some reason, us humans like to watch other humans falling from great heights into water and uh, not being able to do it. And it's just so funny. Well, of course, um, this is a different take on it because Romesh and Tom, um, they become the narrators of this. So they, and they're, and they're a very, very funny duo, as we know. And they basically immerse themselves into this crazy, mad um, world and narrate the whole thing. So whilst they're watching these players or these contestants compete, um, and, and by the way, they're in, a, in with a chance of winning a million yen. Um, so they, they are there just sort of, um, as I say, chatting through what's going what's going on and and which makes it very very funny i mean it's just it, as i say once i started watching this and i sort of went back and then 
looked at what it was like in the 90s. It, it's just something else, but it was incredibly, incredibly popular. And I'm, I'm not sure how popular it would be on its in isolation now, but it's certainly, I think, brilliant with these two because they bring comic timing, the way they bounce off each other works really, really well. Um, it's... Um, <sighs> I'd, I, yeah, it's mad. It, it's mad, but it's fun and it's light entertainment. There's nothing much more I can say about that. <laughs> Ian? Well, I do remember the original, which Craig Charles did the voiceover for, and it was, it, oh, Red Dwarf. It was quite yeah. amusing. And it's sort of the rule of TV that one day you're kind of laughing at ridiculous TV shows that other countries make, and the next minute you're making them yourself. So we, this inspired things like total wipeout uh, some of the games that they're doing i don't really think they needed to, to bring it back particularly i i do agree that tom davis and Romesh ranganathan are very funny their commentary is really funny it's as if they're sitting on the on the sofa with you mm. just just sort of riffing so they're good value but it all looks very old hat and, and yeah. quite cheap uh, but as you say the funny thing about it is that the, the challenges are so hard that no one ever gets through to the next round. So they have to give them, it's called something like a sort of valor pass because no one gets through. But yeah, it's, I think the kind of novelty has worn off because it seems so outlandish back in the day as when, remember when Clive James used to review Japanese sort of endurance shows where people used to eat horrible things. And of course that we're totally used to that now. Thanks to I'm a celebrity. So I can't really see the point of it being back, but I did enjoy listening to Tom and Ramesh, who were very funny. Over to ITV and ITVX now for another returning drama. It's the Tower 2 death message. And here's a clip. I've assigned you Operation Egremont. Missing girl, Tanya Mills. Okay, when did she go missing? 6th of September, 1997. Day of Princess Di's funeral. You Matthew Brennan. No reports of a disturbance. We've got a job for you. Come on, what do you say? Can I ask a couple of questions? She was in danger long before she tried to leave. And we had a chance to save her. So this is another offering that, yes, it has been available already this week. And you can binge it all as a box set on ITVX. So if you saw season one, a rookie PC called Lizzie was on top of a building and she saw two people either being pushed off or falling from the top. And she was very traumatised and she went on the run. So it's retaining the name The Tower, but this is a whole new storyline. Yeah, so it's The Tower 2 Death Message. The star of it is Gemma Whelan, who I first saw in Upstart Crow. She was very funny in that. So I find it difficult for me to adjust to see her in a straight role, but she's very good. and I mean, she's very versatile. Her character, dear Sarah Collins, who initially, in season one, she was a bit line of duty in that she was kind of investigating potential uh, misconduct by a police officer. She's now transferred to homicide and she's got a sort of bad-tempered boss, Jim, played by Stuart Macquarie, who um, he's at pains to just make arrests, get cases solved, whatever it takes, as quickly as possible, whereas she's a bit more meticulous and by the book. It's quite a sort of sexist environment, so you've got that. Lizzie, from the first season, she's back at work. She comes back to work in episode one, and she is called to a domestic violence uh, incident, and 
we'll see how that pans out and how kind of what's happened to her already is going to impact on her return to work and on this case. Uh, meanwhile, Sarah Collins is given a cold case to look into, which is the disappearance of a young girl called Tanya, and that was on the day of Princess Diana's funeral in 1997. So there's a lot of quite familiar stuff in this. So you've got the kind of sexist police environment. You've got the pressure to, to, to sort of end a case rather than investigate it properly. You've got, yet again, a disappearance of a young girl and a, a cold case being reopened. So these are all quite familiar. But I do think it's, it's well-written... Uh, the performances are strong. I hadn't actually watched season one, but you don't need to. You can go straight into this uh, without knowing anything about what happened before. It will all become clear. I, I mean, there's so many crime dramas out there, but I did quite like this. And I particularly like the fact that there isn't, uh, other than the fact that she kind of microwaves meals for one in her kind of beige flat, uh, Sarah Collins, She's she's not a kind of showy or quirky or maverick character. And I quite like that because it makes it more believable. And the same with Lizzie. I think Lizzie is a really strong character as well. So a promising start. Also, it's not too many episodes, which makes it easy to, to, to whiz through. So, yeah, I liked it. What did you think, Hannah? Yeah, I, it's funny. I was about to say the same thing. There are so many crime dramas around, aren't there, that it's kind of... It, nothing is sort of untrodden territory um i guess and but i suppose it's testament to how popular they are that they keep making them and i think you're right i think there's some real sort of stereotypical stuff in here the the, the, the sort of the environment the sexist environment the, the kind of um the way it's set out but then i think it probably adds to the credibility and the authenticity of the whole thing if i'm honest and i think the fact that we don't have a very sort of maverick person in it like you say really helps because sometimes they're a bit gung-ho aren't they and you think well you wouldn't really do this in real life and i think in this one that is the case but it's a bit like everything i mean of course the drama comes from the horrendous crimes that are committed but you would never want to live anywhere near these these places would you because they just keep coming these crimes well, we're going to finish on a lighter note, thank goodness. Uh, on BBC <laughs> iPlayer, it's the return of the comedy Starstruck. And here's a clip. Well, well, well. We're entering our post-Tom era. Entering a post-Tom era, okay? I know if I saw my ex at a wedding, I'd need a palate cleanser. I think we kissed at the wedding. We did. Jesse? Yes. Clem, Clem's partner. If you made one good decision in your life, I wouldn't have to judge you. How am I supposed to make any decisions under that kind of pressure? So, yes, um, there's been two seasons of this already. And um, I actually must admit, I, I hadn't watched much of them at all, but I'm completely hooked now. It's really, really funny, um, I found. And... Um, it follows, or the last two seasons certainly did, follow this kind of the romantic ups and downs of um, Londoner Jesse, uh, who's played by Rose Matafeo, and Hollywood superstar Tom, played by Nikesh Patel. And it's how their worlds collide. You know, they're completely different people. Obviously, she's just sort of a, a normal, um, going about her normal life in London. And he is... Um, an actor and, and a famous actor, that one that she didn't recognise, which of course, you know, 
I think he found quite attractive the fact that she didn't really know who he was. But they also are chalk and cheese. You wouldn't necessarily put them together. And um, she, I think in one of the um, scenes, she says something really, because it is very, very funny. Um, these sort of one-liners. And she basically said, everyone looks at us like... Um, we're a Labrador and a hedgehog and we just shouldn't be together and he said but no that's not the case she goes well of course you say that you're the Labrador and it's just it's kind of she just she is particularly funny she just sort of she holds it all together and they they, they've broken up got to go out together broken up again and so they had to refresh this in order to make a another series and um, and to kind of reboot it and um, Jessie who's played by Rose Matafeo um, is also um, she also co-wrote the, the the show, so she knew that it had to be something a bit different to bring it back. And um, this whole series is is kind of based on how weird it is to have an ex and watching them get older and maturer. Um, because she can see what he's doing, because of course he's he's famous. But while he is now dating a very famous actress, and he's got this um, very shrewd. Um, agent who is determined on his behalf that he meets the right person. It's much easier to meet another actor and date another actor. Of course it is. Um, But despite that, their paths seem to keep crossing. And is he really over her? You can see where this is going. Um, It's 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 not anything in, intense. I think they they discuss the filming as being intense, but I don't think from from a kind of viewing perspective it's particularly intense. It's just really captivating. It's really funny, and you just want them. You just want them to be together. You want them to end up together. And I just love her naivety and her fact that she just will not change. She is who she is. She who she is. She's not some stick thin actor that you know you'd expect him to kind of. Um, be with or you know you imagine these days that people would be with and he her his head is turned by her because she's just so lovely and beautiful and brilliant and funny and uh i i think it's great i absolutely loved it i first saw rose matafeo on uh, taskmaster she was very funny on that and yeah this is very much her baby isn't it she mm. writes it she stars in it i think she directs some of the episodes and I would say she's kind of having her flea bag moment, if you like. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's lighter. It's a lighter tone than flea bag, I would say, the Phoebe Waller-Bridge comedy. But th- there are similarities. And it is a bold move, considering that, that the premise was the, the sort of a reverse Notting Hill, if you like, that, that um, she'd fallen for a, a Hollywood actor, and hence the title Star Trek. They're moving on from that because they've split up now. And, and episode one is really good. Um, it's a bit bridesmaidsy in that she is uh, she's at a wedding as a bridesmaid and, and he turns up. Uh, she has a fling. It, it's great. I mean, she's she's a really good actress, I must mm. say. I mean, she, she started out as a stand up. She's a great actress. She's a good writer. And she's got some good uh, guest stars. She's got my favourite, Mini Driver, <laughs> plays the theatrical agent. You've got John Sim is going to... So you can get these celebrity cameos sort of playing themselves. Or I don't, actually, I don't know if John Sim is going to play himself, but he's, he's going to be an actor who's starring with the ex-boyfriend in a West End play. So it's kind of become more about female friendship, I think. And, and I, I would say... It's the better for her. I just think it keeps getting stronger and stronger. And she is very much 
the woman of the moment and one to watch. So yes, thumbs up. You can watch it as a box set on BBC iPlayer. Now we've got to that time, Hannah, where we find out what you've been binging on this week. Well, you mentioned it earlier and my daughter loves the athletics. So we've been watching oh. athletics. I also happened to stumble across while I was um, binging on Starstruck. I also came across the Disney version of Starstruck. And I unfortunately <sighs> fell down a rabbit hole with that too. Enough said. Love, lovely <laughs> stuff. Well, you know, I simply can't get enough sports documentaries about American sport. Well, there's another one on Netflix. <laughs> it's called Swamp Dogs. And it's all about, uh, I didn't realise American college football is absolutely huge in the States. And this is about a Florida side called the Gators, who kind of had a purple patch uh, when they brought in this uh, new coach and a sort of... Um, talented quarterback so yeah it's it's a story of i think three seasons um and if you if you like those kind of shows it's it's a really good watch now we've just got time to look ahead to next week so what is on the binge watch menu hannah well a lawyer crosses paths with her former stalker in a twisty paramount plus thriller called the killing kind and Elizabeth Olsen stars as a 1980s churchgoer who is accused of murder in the ITVX drama Love and Death. So we look forward to those and much, much more. But in the meantime... Keep... 